Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy, only we don't ask it so aggressively? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. It's a very simple website. It's all one thing. Uh, before we get started, this is Trigger Warning. I'm going to be talking about messed up stuff, uh, which could involve such subjects as, you know, murder, rape, child abuse, graphic language, and um, strong graphic content, content. will yes. be contained. Parental discretion is advised. There it is, that one. <laughs> all right, and uh, we got a, a busy month all of a sudden, busy several months, Two the months. way we space it out. Yeah. But um, yeah, coming down the pike like a head that's severed and going down a pike. I love that phrase. Uh, we've got the rest of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast guests. That's You're going to be introduced to the second one of them in a second here, but later on, we're going to be speaking with Nikki Williams and Heather Powell. And after that, authors Danger Slater, Autumn Christian, and Sarah Langan. And after that, director-producer Eduardo Sanchez. And even after that, Josh Mailerman, author of Bird Box. Got busy couple of months coming up. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. And today... For another guest from the Slumber Party Masker podcast, we have the pleasure of the company of Miss Carly Sonnefeld. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to do this. Rebecca Reinhardt kind of told us all about it, and then you Mm -hmm. guys reached out, and I was like, oh, cool. She said she had a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Uh, Before we get into the meat of the interview, do you want to pitch whatever it is you're currently working on? So yeah, obviously got the Slumber Party Massacre podcast, the His and Hers movie podcast. Um, honestly, I have kind of slowed down quite a bit on podcasting. I used to be like a psychopath with it, and I would guest <laughs> on all kinds of stuff. And I had a bunch of of my own podcasts and such. But right now, those are the only two that I have active. Um, Slumber Party Massacre will be recording again on I think May seventh. Yes, and uh, so you guys can look forward to that. Other than that, I actually, I've gotten into, much like Rebecca Reinhardt, I've gotten into like acting in independent horror films. So I do have, I'm going to be, you know, doing some of that coming up. I have um, some scenes I'm going to be filming for a movie on April 24th. And then I'm also going to be doing a different movie on May 11th and then, once that's all said and done, though, of course, I'll be advertising that stuff more. But as for podcasting, um, yeah, I've been kind of quiet, honestly, because <laughs> my my work schedule and everything has really kind of affected like how how much free time I have to do this stuff, unfortunately. But yeah, just look out for Slumber Party Massacre, as always. That's kind of the main one I got going on yeah. right now. We'll uh, we'll put together a bio page for you, and we can link to whatever it is that you want to link to, and we'll talk about that more offline. But um, uh, so I don't know if you listened to one of our episodes or not, but the basic theme of the call is we'll uh, talk about your love of horror coming at it from three different directions: your childhood years, your teenage years, and then your adult years, and coming at it from these different directions sometimes triggers memories that you'd forgotten, but that said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's anything that you don't want to talk about, we just say pass and we'll move on. Um, but starting with childhood, what are, what are your, some of your earliest memories of scary things? Uh, well, I saw my first scary movie. According to my mother, I was three years old and she put me to bed and she was watching 
just the original Halloween, you know, nothing too crazy in the living room. But I kept waking up and coming in there and was just kind of mesmerized by it. And she was like, no, you're not supposed to be watching this stuff. <laughs> but then she she kind of realized like I was into it. So she was like, okay, whatever. And let me watch it. Yeah. So I, you know, pretty much fell in love with that film. Soon after that, uh, she allowed me to watch Scream, you know, because, you know, my mom, she wasn't like a huge horror fan. She liked the basic slashers, but even now she's just very weak stomach. She doesn't really like gore or torture or anything super bloody or anything like that. So movies like Halloween. Horror light. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Horror. Yeah. Like she'll call, even today, she like calls me up and she's like, oh, that movie was gross. And I was like, nothing no, like it really wasn't. Like, I, so yeah, I ended up watching Scream. Loved that, and uh, I, I watched a lot of slashers pretty much growing up. And then uh, as I got when I was probably five, it would have been is when The Ring came out, and I probably saw that a year later when I was six. And I got into like spooky supernatural films and things, and just. I just remember like it was the thrill of hiding <laughs> like I, I had my hands over my eyes the whole time during these <laughs> movies. I wasn't the type of kid that, you know, could just watch anything and not be phased by it. But that's what I liked about it is the scary aspects. And I remember going to my grandma. She was babysitting me and I brought Scream over and wanted to watch it. And she turned it off after the intro. She was like, oh, you're <laughs> hiding from it. Like you're, you don't even this is horrible. And then she put on like Dora the Explorer and I was like mad the whole night. So <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Um, and then what else? I remember showing my friend, my childhood best friend that I still talk to today. I showed her um, Halloween H2O and she was traumatized by it and went home and had nightmares. <laughs> and my, like, that's like my mom was always upset. She was like, these people are going to think I'm like an in inappropriate parent letting <laughs> their kids watch this stuff but uh you know whatever to me it was like i don't know like i was like I, I i never really had nightmares or anything of horror movies so it's not like they were traumatizing to me like a lot of other kids who just mm. you know would be up late at night thinking about them but yeah i'm trying to think of anything else from the childhood days it's just pretty much like i know what you did last summer valentine all the early 2000s late 90s movies were kind of ones that i have a lot of nostalgia for like cherry falls uh, a lot of these movies aren't even that good nowadays but you yeah, know I'm but very like you said there's that nostalgia feel for it yeah so it's it gets mm -hmm. a pass right let's start with the, the first three that you mentioned halloween scream and the ring mm. um what did you like about halloween like I, when I really think about it, I don't know what it was about Halloween that dragged me in so much. I think it, it wasn't overly gross or anything like that. So, and as a kid, I didn't really want to see anything super gross. Like I, I can handle that stuff a lot better now, but um, that wasn't really my cup of tea back then. Uh, you know, the kills, you didn't really see too much blood or gore or anything like that. It was just very simple. So it wasn't overly terrifying for someone my age and it was just one that was very easy for me to go back to again and again so yeah i guess it, i it just had a rewatchability factor that i really enjoyed yeah makes sense okay what about scream i'm trying to think i probably ended up liking that one more as time went on um 
you know, as the years kind of went on, I started understanding the references and stuff more in it because there's so many references to old, mm-hmm. older horror films. And I always say Scream, actually, I believe I saw that before Friday the 13th. So Scream actually spoiled the original Friday the 13th for me when, <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, it's the mother and then you're wrong and all that stuff. So, but spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but Scream, I think it, it was, to me, it was, like, very similar to Halloween. Uh, and that's a weird thing, too. When you're a kid, I feel like I can't differentiate, you know, obviously Scream is from the late 90s, and then Halloween was from the late 70s. But to me, it's, like, all that stuff seemed the same to me. Like, the 70s, 80s, and 90s all kind of looked and ran the same, and I didn't really understand that there was any difference in them, or even that Scream was just pretty much a satire in a way of those older films but i just um i really like the characters in scream i remember and uh that one was definitely a bit more gory at times and brutal with the kills and um i I probably started watching that more like i said i saw halloween for the first time when i was like three but scream i probably saw when i was you know the ripe old age of six or seven or something like that and going forward. So I, I was more into it and I think I found it scarier than Halloween. As I said, you know, I was hiding pretty much hiding behind my hands, the entire intro of that film. And that's, you know, was triggering to my grandmother and stuff like that. But, you know, I think I just liked it cause it was, I, I really found it spooky and it's one of those things where I watch it now and I'm like, Oh, I used to like hide, you know, behind my hands through this whole mm-hmm thing and like the, there wasn't even scary stuff happening in certain parts but in my head it was just like really terrifying the whole way through and uh that's kind of it's just it was just like the thrill of being scared back then i guess you mentioned that you like the characters in scream what did you like about the characters um i think it's just like i really i always like Stu. i thought he was like funny and randy of course um i i just thought they were very eccentric um fun characters and like i said even as a kid even though i wasn't really aware that they were kind of doing like dorky just uh satire and callbacks to older horror films um i just took them as fun characters where you know in a movie like halloween they're kind of just basic teenagers and this one it's like I guess I was really into, you know, Randy and his always movie knowledge and stuff like that. And then just Stu and Billy kind of going back and forth like, oh, no one said you were the killer and blah, 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 like that type of stuff. Um, It's like it's stuff that I wouldn't um, I probably didn't understand why I liked it at the time. But now it's like I do understand more. They were just uh, there was a purpose for why they were acting the way they were acting. And they were very. aware of horror films and stuff like that because in their world horror was you know movies like halloween were obviously real in their their world um they were movies to them so um it, it obviously makes them different characters than someone like in halloween that's just a basic teenager and horror movies like that don't exist i guess if that makes any sense yeah i i guess it, the main thing I guess I'm picking up on it there is that, like you said, at the time you didn't realize that it was satire. So you're just picking up on the ex- eccentricity of the character. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, what about the ring? Uh, the ring. I remember my 
two two of my close friends, uh, they were brother and sister, and they were telling me about it. They were like, oh, the ring is so scary. Like that, have you seen the ring? Because I they knew I like scary movies, and I was I, I think I said I was six. I was probably more like eight at that time. So the ring was probably two or three years old at that point. But so then I was really interested. Um, I forget how I ended up actually getting to watch it, but I did. I don't know if my mother rented it for me or if those guys ended up showing it to me or I borrowed it or what. But that movie now that's that's one that re- traumatized me because you know I'm watching it um that's another one that's kind of slow moving and I could see people maybe being bored by it because it's like two hours long and um it's one of those ones where it's like it just has like an eerie atmosphere and what you're not seeing is kind of the scary elements to it unlike the horrible sequel where they overdo showing some more and stuff like that but I just remember being in my mom and dad's bedroom watching it because they had the, I think they had the only VCR. We still had like VCR and it was the only oh, VCR in the house. Oh, Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You would put the B, the uh, VHS tape in the player and before the previews to like other movies would play, they mm-hmm. played the tape, the cursed tape. And yeah, I was like, what is this? That's like the first thing that comes on when you put it in. Yeah. So, I was like, what the hell? And then like... And then you also get a preview. I remember there was a preview on that tape for Ringu, like, you know, the mm-hmm. Japanese version. I was like, what the heck is this? Like, <laughs> I didn't, just, you know, I wasn't really familiar with foreign films. So I was like, okay, this is the same movie, but like Japanese. Um, so yeah, the, the cursed tape, that, that in itself was like, oh my God, what am I about to watch? And then, but I remember getting through the movie and I thought it was pretty creepy. I was really into it. And then I got to the part where, um, you know, Noah's sitting in the room and the tape comes on and it's her coming out of the well and she's walking towards the screen. And I was like, oh, this is creepy. And I think I got up to get a drink or pee or something like really quick. And then I come back in and she's on his floor, like in his whatever, his office or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I (laughs) I think I like screamed and cried and like ran out of the room. I was like, oh my God, she's like, in his house like she was like when i was in there originally she was just on tv and now she's on his floor crawling after him and that was horrifying to me and i think i turned it off and didn't finish it then i went back to it a little bit later and that became another one that i ended up watching on repeat and that's kind of one that i actually that followed me into like middle school times like i was really into that film more so in like you know junior high era than uh, elementary school but that was just that was really scary to me compared to that that was that really topped movies like halloween or scream or any slasher film i was just for you know floored by that and i think that movie still holds up um i do think you know the cg and stuff on her face is a little wonky and a little bit it's not terrible she, yeah it's not it's not the worst thing ever but i think the movie as a whole still holds up pretty well i still am a pretty big fan of it you mentioned that it sort of traumatized you. What traumatized you about it? I don't know what's so scary about that girl with hair covering covering her face. I guess it's just the idea of not knowing what's behind it, which, you know, they give that away, obviously, whenever, again, the CG face. But it, it's just the look of characters like Samara or um, what Kayako from The Grudge and... I don't know what it is. I it's 
like, why is your hair over your face? <laughs> like, it, it's just such a weird concept to me. And that really creeped me out. I had never seen anything like that before. And then the idea of her coming out of the TV and, you know, being just this ghost that can come out of the television and be all of a sudden in your face. Like, I think I just put myself in that position. Like, oh my God, like I would be, tr like, I wouldn't be able to move or anything. I would just do what he did and fall backwards and get killed. Um, <laughs> so I think it was the elements of you probably can't get away from this ghostly terrifying girl as opposed to a killer like michael myers who kind of walks slow and he's a real person um it was like the whole paranormal aspect of it all okay um you mentioned that your mom liked horror but it was more like low level type horror is there anybody in your family who was more of a horror fan not really not like any more hardcore than my mom i would say um okay my aunt Neely, she, uh, that's my dad's sister. She, I know, liked horror movies, but it was the same thing as my mom. She loved Scream, Halloween, Friday the 13th, all that fun stuff. She named her daughter, well, my cousin Sydney, and I just found out it was because of Scream that she named her Sydney. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. So um, my dad, I guess you could say, he introduced me to movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and... Uh, Points for Dead. Yeah, yeah. I was I was 13 at that time, so I was yeah, a little, you enough. know. Yeah, I was more mature then and but we watched that together and he was like, "Oh, this is, you know, the best." And he 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 knew of more uh, I don't want to say obscure films, but like TCM, that's something my mom would not <laughs> want to watch. She thought that was gross. Um anything with cannibalism and stuff like that, she thought was just too much even though you d again tcm you don't actually see too much in that film it's all Not kind really, of in no. your head yeah. yeah implied so he showed me that he showed me burnt offerings um he showed me duel he showed me deliverance joyride um the hitcher different things like that so my dad kind of showed me more variety but again he's not like a massive massive horror fan they were they just happened to be films that he saw when he was growing up or a kid and they creeped him out and he was like oh you you know you'll like this so but yeah other than that no one's really a massive massive horror fan i'm kind of like the oddball who got super into it as i grew older well i mean even having your mom and dad support it in mm -hmm. any fashion is beneficial i mean sounds like they were at least somewhat supportive of of your love of the stuff yeah i'm glad they didn't really care too much about what i watched i mean you know there was certain stuff like my my dad always said like oh you can't watch i spit on your grave and then stuff like deliverance you know like <laughs> he may i remember him making me go stand in the kitchen during the whole rape scene <laughs> in that film and he was like yeah you can't you can't watch this so just go stand in there mm -hmm. then come back in when i tell you it's safe so you know, there was stuff like yeah. that, but um, other than, you know, they didn't shelter me or tell me, like, uh, you know, Ooh, this is going to ruin your life or anything like that and force me to watch just Disney movies and stuff. So <laughs> I am yeah. glad that they gave me freedom. Not that there's anything wrong with Disney, but, um, you know, I like horror. Did movies. you have any really scary dreams when you were a kid? Um, I, I did used to have recurring dreams of running through my you know neighborhood and 
Michael Myers would be following okay. me, but yeah. he would be. And it, you know, in dreams, a lot of people they can't run, so it's mm-hmm. like I'd be running in slow motion and stuff. But he was also going slow because in the movies he's pretty slow walking. So mm-hmm. you know, he'd be walking after me, and I would see him, and then I would get pretty far away. But then he would always be kind of lurking, and I could never like fully, fully get away, no matter how far away I got in the neighborhood. So. um but that was always, always the extent of it. it. It never got to where, oh, he caught me and stabbed me or anything like that. Um, it would always just be like me running away in slow motion and looking back and seeing him like a few blocks down still coming. So that's still I, I, I've still had that dream, like, you know, in recent years, I think. Um, and it's not <laughs> overly terrifying or anything like that, but it's just like it's scur- it's scary to not get away from someone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. be nice to have a lucid version of that dream though where you can be like hey what's up <laughs> right. I, like, I like your movies you want to get a pizza or something or i always want that to happen like i i've never been able to really have a lucid dream i've always wanted yeah. it to happen i would love to take control and be like this is my dream right get out of here <laughs> yeah was there ever a time when you were actually terrified of something as a child <clears throat> um in real life mm-hmm. Let me think. I've never really, you know, not really. I don't think like I've never had any scary, like you always hear people having like paranormal experiences. I never had that happen. I always wanted that to happen to me, but that's never happened. Um, I've never had any incidents of sketchy people trying to break in or anything like that. Just nothing Nothing too out of the ordinary, really. Well, that's not true. Like I've had, but I've had like a pretty, I've had like kind of a messed up childhood in some regards. But nothing has ever really scared me to where I felt like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm actually in a horror movie right now, type of deal. I guess like nothing okay. really stands out. When you mentioned messed up, do you want to briefly talk about you know messed up in in what way? Um, just, I had, um, you know, my dad kind of had some drinking problems and pill problems and he had some sort of sketchy friends, (laughs) like Mm. that I would be around a lot, but none of them, like, I never felt in danger as a kid or anything like that. Like that was, I was trying to think of like, if anyone ever made me uncomfortable or freaked me out or anything. And then, you know, my parents would fight and stuff like that. and then. There was different things like that that would happen, but it was never, I never felt like my life was in danger or I was scared. It was just kind of stuff, I guess. And these people were always nice to me. They were just, I realize now later in life, like, oh, some of these people were probably scummy and sketchy and not great to have around. But Mm -hmm. yeah, nothing ever. At least not dangerous to you, at least. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) uh moving into teenage years so you mentioned um tcm with dad uh burnt offerings uh joyride conjuring insidious i heard you mention were those all in the teenage years or did some of those come later joyride probably came a little earlier than uh the teen years but yeah pretty much all of those like tcm like i said i was 13 burnt offerings i was probably 12 or 13 um Cause there was like a, there was a stream of time where my dad and I would have like 
sort of movie nights going on every week and i remember watching a bunch of this stuff like at the same time period and then of course insidious what that came out in 2010 i think so again yeah i would have been 13 then 2010 or 2012 i don't remember but uh insidious was one i kind of I saw that in the theater, I believe, and that scared the crap out of me. And then uh, that's one that followed me into the teenage years because my friend that that was like that was like a really big movie among friend groups. Like that was when we always put on the TV and watched uh, as background or just for fun. And then we would always play like that tiptoe through the toilet song. I was gonna kinda, ask, yeah, but yeah. That, that still creeps you out to this day, right? Oh yeah, that was like that's such a perfect. <laughs> perfect song for that movie it was so fitting and uh i remember one night we were all at my place me and some friends and uh we turned off the lights and played that song and <laughs> kind of like we're just chasing each other around and doing stuff like that so you know that movie again like i said the conjuring um that one wasn't as prominent i, I the conjuring has kind of grown on me more as an adult actually but um you know insidious so that was that was like the big one I remember. And just like the first one, I, I don't recall ever even talking about the. I don't even remember the second one too much. I've only seen that movie like once, but, and then the paranormal activity movies, those were obviously coming out right when I was in high school, kind of one after another middle school and high school. And I always thought they were kind of dumb and a letdown, but then they became movies that we would sort of marathon at a friend's house and just have one in the background. And, uh, you know, some of them did grow on me. I did end up finding them rather effective and creepy, but it was like the, I remember the hype of paranormal activity and those commercials of people just being like, Oh, in the theater. And you didn't actually see the film and they made it seem like the scariest thing in the world. Then I went to see it with my mother and we were both like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, but yeah. Insidious paranormal activity that kind of sums up the teen years for the most part. Okay. So if we talked about insidious, like, is there one scene that jumps out to you and hmm. like that <laughs> one, I mean, asking her, hurry, Chris, not you. Well, I mean, we've already kind of discussed it. The tip go through the tulip scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, that, that is, I was about to mention that scene that I, for, I forgot that's the scene with the tiptoe through the tulip song. Um, yeah, that scene where it's like broad daylight and she sees that whatever person, ghostly person thingy running around in her house. And she's like, what the F? And kind of looking around at it. That That's disturbing to me. It was really creepy. It's one of those things where it wasn't like a jump scare type scare. Like with, I think the famous scene from that movie, of course, is where that demon preacher is behind Patrick Wilson's head. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah that <laughs> the scene where she sees that i don't even know what you would call it um running around that just really creeped me out because it's like broad daylight it's like she kind of has this look on her face like is am i really seeing this and uh yeah that that creeped me out quite a bit that's what i like what? about that movie it wasn't all just jump scares it was just kind of like weird unsettling things kind of happening throughout what was unsettling about that scene to you? Again, like it was broad daylight. So you're not, you know, everyone assumes scary things only happen at night. Um, 
the person the unexpectedness of it. Yeah. And it's like this little person you're like, is that a ghost? Is that a real person? And they're kind of just running around and uh, it all just felt very like, am I really seeing <laughs> just very weird and uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, that part just always kind of stuck out to me. What about paranormal activity movies? Is there one scene that jumped out to you from those? Um, I think in part three, that one, it was probably my favorites. And I believe it's in that one where uh, the camera keeps going back and forth and you see that uh, the white sheet chilling there and all of a sudden it goes to the white sheet and the sheet just kind of falls on the ground and there's no under, under underneath it. Um, that was really creepy to me. Um, there's definitely a few moments in that movie that creep me out, but that one always stood out to me that that freaks me out. Like it, it's that it's under a white sheet. So it looks like an old fashioned ghost costume. And then it just kind of crumbles to the ground. Like, Oh, there was clearly an actual ghost under there. Great. <laughs> so yeah, I always like that magic trick. <laughs> right. So just looking back through some of the things that we've talked about so far in the childhood and teenage years, like looking for common themes, and it seems like paranormal is so far a theme. Um, things that, um, you know, like, I don't want to use the word breaking of rules because that kind it's kind of that, but not um, like things that shouldn't be there, but are, or, you know, I don't know if I'm making any sense with that. I get what you're saying, but I can't put it into good words either. like the idea yeah paranormal and just the i I guess unsettling uncomfortable like that's something's out out of the ordinary i guess yeah for Mm. yeah yeah all right let's jump into adulthood and see if if we come up with anything that clarifies it um so adult years what would you say would be if you were to pick like top two or three impactful things in your adult years what happened in my adult years was I got a job uh, at a hotel when I turned 18, like four days after graduating, I got this job as a housekeeper. And like I said, in high school, we kind of, kind of got out of horror a little bit and that was kind of that. And then, you know, as soon as you become an adult, you're kind of thrown out to the wolves and trying to figure out what to do with your life and where you're going and you know, how to, maintain friendships and all that fun stuff. So um, I felt very lost and everything, but I started the shop and then a few months into it, I found out that uh, my supervisor there, uh, who was JP, um, he really liked horror movies. And uh, it, it was probably October on Halloween time that I realized it. Cause he was, you know, excited obviously for Halloween and, uh, I ended up doing creeping on his pages and stuff. And I found he had a YouTube channel and it was like all horror related. And I was like, Oh wow, this is actually kind of cool. It kind of like triggered the fact that I was like, that was kind of a big part of my life growing up. And then I kind of, you know, lost the fandom a little bit, but so, you know, one thing kind of led to another and he and I became closer friends and, uh, you know, we started talking about horror and stuff and he kind of basically introduced me to more movies I had never seen and um, we eventually ended up going to movies together and it's just, 
adulthood is where it all kind of hit, you know, because then I ended up in these group pages. Uh, his podcast is 22 Shots of Moots and Horror. I ended up in that group page as well as like Exploding Heads and the Skeleton Crew and just all these different horror podcast groups. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. All these people talk to each other and they all have the same love of horror movies and they all have massive collections or podcasts or YouTube channels on the topic. And it kind of, it was like a whole new world opened up because to be honest, when I was a teenager, I remember people, I had some friends who would say, Oh, my online friend from like Quebec is talking to me. And I'm like, kind of rolling my eyes like it's like online friends aren't real i was one of those like, <laughs> yeah okay I thought, your online friend for sure right yeah yeah you guys are never gonna like my girlfriend goes to another school <laughs> right yeah, she's yeah. real yeah but i kind of had that mentality of like you're like and i feel bad saying it but it's like i thought like uh, you're a loser like you have all these online <laughs> friends that like have a common interest like anime or whatever and i'm like oh that's lame because you couldn't find them in real life and then here i am now with all these <laughs> so, yeah so uh i was like because i remember jp he would always be on his phone with all these group chats too and i'm like how can you possibly be talking to like these random people for all these hours of the day and then i you know i obviously started doing it him and i ended up making a podcast together called the netflix and chill horror podcast which um you know we kind of put an end to that and now we have the his and hers podcast um but that's kind of how i ended up involved in these groups in general when i was 19 at that time i'm 25 now and yeah just so i mean it's hard to even pinpoint like there's been so many movies in the past decade that have been so good it's like i can't even tell you like i've seen so much more horror now then like i said the only films that stood out to me in high school were like those two franchise films insidious and paranormal activity where now it's like i can name a million like hereditary or um the witch or freaking you know fun films like uh tucker and dale versus evil yeah that's a good one yeah mm. or uh what we do in the shadows that's another good oh one. yeah um but there's so much like i feel like yeah. so much has happened in my adult years so far that it's, it's like actually kind of overwhelming, but so this is where it like all really took off again. Like there was like a hiatus in high school and then this is kind of, I'm kind of living it now as a daily life. I understand that, uh, you know, as an adult and being introduced to a lot more stuff, there's a lot to choose from, mm. but from sort of a psychological standpoint, at least, Personally, I've found that the first things that come to mind come to mind for a good reason. Uh, and so if we kind of dig into them, that uh, sometimes there's usually something good to be found there. And so the first three that you mentioned were Hereditary Witch and What We Do in the Shadows. Um, <clears throat> what did you like about Hereditary? Uh, Hereditary was very creepy to me. Um, that's when I brought that friend. Uh, I mentioned Kaylee, who likes, uh, you know, just pretty much only like stuff that comes to the theater. I remember I went with her, JP, and then uh, a few other people. And I was just like enthralled by the acting in it and the eerie vibes to it. Um, I remember like my friend, like Kaylee, she didn't care for it too much at the end. And 
I could kind of understand because that movie was very hyped. It was kind of like, oh, it's the brand new Exorcist. <laughs> it's like as scary as that film, but it didn't it, like it, it at the end, huh? That yeah. <laughs> I dragged my friends to it too, and everyone hated it. Yeah. At, at then, the end. Yeah. Right, right. The movie, how do you, like, it, it, I guess you could say it moves a little slow, but it really. I don't know. To me, it doesn't. Like, I don't mind. Like, Midsommar, for me, that one could afford to be cut down a little bit, even though I do think that movie is very good as well. But Hereditary, to me, uh, just kind of is so creepy throughout. I mean, just the little girl in general, um, you know, not to make... I know she has, like, some sort of facial um, deformity in real life, but she just has, like, that creepy look to her to begin with and um just like i said the acting the part where the mom flips out on the son at the dinner table and stuff like that giant monologues where it just seems so realistic and powerful really kind of drags me in and i'm usually really sold on it so that movie i enjoyed unfortunately my theater experience with that one turned out to be Pretty bad because we were in front of like 13 year olds who had gone to see it. So Damn by the kids. end of the movie, yeah, by the end of the movie, you know, there's a lot of naked people and penises and such. And they're kind of like, oh, no, mm. we've never seen those before. And we ended up like almost fist fighting them. Like we turned around and screamed at them. So it kind of ruined the ending. I watched it later on Blu-ray and I was like, oh, this is what I missed. Like, it was so <laughs> nice to watch it yeah. in solidarity. And I was like, wow, this is a great unsettling film and then stuff like the witch i did not like the witch the first time i saw it um i'm not a big period piece person yeah. i've come around quite a bit on them not even quite a bit honestly i'm still kind of like lame about it but uh the witch is one that i watched again later down the line and i was like oh this you know this movie honestly is rather perfect um and that's one that I think benefited from watching it by myself at home and uh, not in a theater right. setting because you can't really understand what they're saying too much in the theater. And mm. so that one just had like a great atmosphere. I thought it was very uh, historically accurate from, I mean, what do I know? But like, <laughs> I, I know like he really put a lot of effort into that dialect. And just the fact that that movie even made it to the theater is crazy because you never that's another thing of the times today you see more obscure films like that in the theater setting where back in like the two thousands, all you got was like hardcore slashers or spooky ghost movies and stuff. Like you weren't really getting anything like this. So, um, well, hang on. You said two things about hereditary that I wanted to go back to. And let's talk about that before we go on to the witch. Alrighty. So, the two things that you mentioned about hereditary that I thought were kind of interesting, you mentioned being enthralled by the acting. What did you mean by that? Just it, it was very um, intense and really had a way of taking you in. Uh, like I said, the, the part where the mom, but it's like such a tense scene when they're all having dinner. And then the boy's like, is something on your mind, mom? And she just kind of flips out on him and is like, you know, your sister's dead and she's not, it's just so like, brutal and over the top and i'm just watching it mesmerized and it, it feels very much um to me it actually feels like a real mom flipping out like it would be something that would happen in real life and then that part where he 
you know, does what he does and what happens to his sister. And you get that huge, long shot of him just kind of staring out the window. Mm-hmm. And his, not his foot just slowly releases yeah. off the brake. Like, I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen. Right. But yeah, there are yeah, no yeah. words. And you're right. It's just the, I, I guess the answer you're probably getting to is the acting is very well done. Yeah, it's very, again, I feel like that's, some people are like, why would you just sit there? But I feel like I might do, like, if I had something that horrible happen oh, yeah. and I, I knew it happened, I would probably just sit there like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, do I kill myself? Do I drive away? Do I go to bed? Do I just sit here for the rest of my life? Like, mm-hmm. And he kind of turtles up and fugue states into the most default, easiest option, which is I'm just going to ignore it. It didn't yeah. happen. Yep. <laughs> just, just keep driving. Yeah. Good coping mechanism there. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you, yeah, it's like the horror. He wakes up the next day, and it's like the reality of, oh, that did happen, kind of sets in. So, and there's that's just how so you many get ants. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask about is you mentioned monologues. You like monologues, like just big. Is that the word for it? Um, just big moments of people kind of talking by themselves. Um, yes, yeah, be monologue. Yeah. 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 Um, what is it you like about those? Um, I just, it really, I think it showcases uh, someone's acting abilities a good bit. And I think you get that with the mom character in that moment where she flips out on the sun and also in the moments where that kind of, that time when she goes to like the group therapy session thing mm-hmm. and she's kind of, she just sits down and she's never done this before, but she's just like, yeah, my dad, he like starved himself to death and my mom was crazy and all this like stuff. And it's kind of like zoned in on her. Um, I feel like that stuff just can really captivate you if the acting is done right. You know, if the actor's not good at acting, then I'm kind of like, okay, let's move on to the next scene. But (laughs) um, I think this movie does a really good job with showcasing uh, the acting abilities. So trying to separate the cerebral from the emotional, it sounds like what you're saying is that, an actor who is good at monologuing is able to relay intensity of emotion to you that Mm. it's, it sounds like it's the intensity of the emotion that you're keying into, not so much the monologue. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I guess, yeah, anyone can just with, you know, I could sit here and tell you a big monologue in a monotone voice and be boring. Right. And that's what I'm saying is you're, you're keying into the intensity. You're saying this person is doing a good job because I'm feeling something. Right. Yeah. But it's the feeling something that's the important part to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was there something, what was the emotion you were feeling during the monologue? I, I, it's kind of like uncomfortable in a way. Cause she, um, you know, in particular that part where she's, uh, just kind of letting out all her family issues and such. Um, it's just, I, I kind of put myself in the place of all the other people sitting around there. And obviously it's a safe place and they're allowed to talk about whatever they want, but they're probably all thinking like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, uh, like I wonder what anyone, if anyone's going to even say anything after she's done spewing all this, which I don't even think, it, I think it kind of goes to a different scene after that. I don't remember, but so yeah, I kind of feel just like uneasy and uncomfortable, but at the same time, I've, you know, I've had experience like this in real life where someone will just spew all this intense stuff to me. And I'm just kind of like, 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> like we're going there. Unloading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So going now onto the witch, what did you like about the witch? I thought it was very accurate uh, with the, uh, like I said, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know how these people acted <laughs> back then, but I feel like in terms of period pieces, they're very hard to make. And the, you know, direct Robert Eggers um, clearly, he knows what he's doing and this is clearly his passion and you could feel that in the film uh i know that they shot it with all you know just natural lighting and i thought that was very effective in making it as realistic looking as possible so pretty much the authenticity of the film is a lot of what i like but i also enjoyed like i said when i first saw it i didn't care for it i didn't care for period pieces too much and i still kind of I'm half and half on them for the most part, mainly because I, it's like, I don't under, I can't relate to the stuff they're doing in those movies. It, it's funny that you're about to go in that direction. Cause that's where I wanted to point you is I was going to say, it's kind of, you're seeing, it sounds like you're saying, so eh, man, I'm having trouble with words. <laughs> all of a words. Sudden, it, sounds, it sounds like you're having the same thing as, is with the monologues a second ago. It's like, you're talking about the authenticity helping you connect to the emotion, but you haven't gotten to the emotion yet. So what was the emotional content that triggered you and the witch? Um, I think like once, once I gave it like another watch, the thing that kind of unnerves me in the witch is how um, big they are on religion. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know back then it's like, that is all people banked on was God and hell. And, you know, you have to do everything right or else you're going to hell and witchcraft is real and all these evil demonic things are real. And it's just like, I remember there's a part in that movie where the baby ends up dying, of course. And there's a part where the mother breaks down to the husband and she's like, our baby is in hell because we didn't get him baptized before he died. And I was like, that is just like, so it's just like so upsetting to me that people think that way and just you can betray your family and your daughter your kids so easily if you think that they might have some evil spirit in them which might not even be true or it might be true and it just that whole element really kind of sunk in with me Yeah. yeah it was like very like not only are you probably gonna die of um you know, Colorado a common, common cold yeah. <laughs> back then, but you have to worry about dying because your family decides to hang you or something because they think you're bewitched. It's not even just back then. I mean, our, we talked to Jeremiah Rosario. He said he had an exorcism performed on him when he was a baby because he was lactose intolerant. Yep. <laughs> That's terrifying. Right. Like, <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't imagine. Sorry if you hear, I live in like a crime area. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anything where it's like all about belief and the belief makes it so it tears your whole family apart, that really freaks me out. And that really kind of, that's the horror of the witch to me. Beliefs can be scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or what they lead people to do. Uh, what about what we do in the shadows? Now that one is just uh, funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is... I, that's one that I always thought, like, I'm not going to like this. That came out in, like, 2015. I didn't see it until um, just probably, like, three years ago or something. But uh, I just, I always pictured it being, 
I mean, which it is, but I thought like, oh, this is going to parody a bunch of, I thought it was going to be like scary movie type mm-hmm. of parody where I'm not going to understand any of the content because I haven't seen maybe some of these vampire films. So I was not very interested. And then uh, a podcasting friend, uh, Brandon Orlick, actually, I think he's the one who sent me the movie on Blu-ray one day. And I was like, okay, I'll check this out, whatever. And I was laughing out loud throughout the whole thing. And it's just, it's so much fun. And it's also like, it's, you know, it's definitely more comedy than horror, but it's also pretty bloody at times. Like there's a part where he's trying to, you know, turn the girl into a vampire and he gets carried away and he, you know, hits her main artery and she just bleeds (laughs) out all over the floor. And it's, That's but it's like hilarious at the same time. Um, like comedy, comedic levels of blood spurting. Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, vampire films aren't like my top favorite genre or anything, but I still appreciate. Like I knew all the tropes and stuff they were doing. It wasn't like over the. It wasn't stuff that you couldn't understand, even if you haven't seen these movies. You probably have heard of the different tropes and such like you have to be invited in and they have trouble getting into clubs because no one invites (laughs) them in like all that stuff was just really it's really funny to me and that's a movie that i enjoy putting on if i'm having like a bad day or i'm in a bad mood and i don't want to watch anything too serious because horror movies can be sometimes they can be depressing if you're not in the right mood and it's a serious film like i'm not gonna curl up to the witch if i'm severely depressed or something but this movie is just very funny and i can watch it over and over again okay uh let's see so we did definitely did mention that you have found some horror crew as uh as an adult that's good um any reoccurring dreams uh, as an adult other than the michael myers one not like i often i mean i often have dreams where um trying to run away from something or there's like something dangerous going on in my neighborhood and I'm like running in slow motion. And then I could like jump on top of buildings all of a sudden or do all this crazy stuff. But you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with the Michael Myers dream though. I always just have dreams where I'm running away and I can't quite get away. But at the same time, nothing bad ever happens to me. It's just like the scariness of, I can't get away from whatever that's following me. Is there some common element in the things that you're trying to run away from? There's been times, there has been times where it's been, uh, like someone with a chainsaw. I don't know if it's, uh, it, like in my head, it's not like Leatherface, but it's like I'm running away from someone with a chainsaw. Um, and I feel like I have that more so now than the Michael Myers dream. Um, you know, it's usually a bad guy. Or I've I have had dreams where people break into my house and I, you know, like jump out my window or something and I'm running away in the neighborhood. And then eventually they realize like I got out of the house and then they're following me because and and these dreams are always like in my head, they're always I'm still living with my parents mm-hmm. and I like jump out the window and I'm like, peace out. And then I'm running away and I'm like, geez, I hope they didn't kill my parents. Like it, it's like, <laughs> so I do like, I guess home invasion type dreams are kind of go hand in hand with that in with the mm. running away aspect. But well, good to know if the, uh, you know, shit ever hits the fan, then your priorities are in order. Uh, to be honest, uh, I can't even say like in real life, I probably would do that too. Cause I don't want to die. I was like, <laughs> no. 
yeah, Same. just jump it, just jump out the window. And <laughs> everyone, every man for themselves at that point. <laughs> Regroup later. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the, uh, the last bunch of questions here that we ask, these are not just related to horror. They could touch on any genre and it's not just any particular part of your life. It's over your whole life. Um, the first two questions I'm going to give you, I'm going to give them to you at the same time because it could be the same answer for both, or it could be a slightly different answer for either. Um, but what movie would you say you've watched more times than any other? And what movie would you say is your favorite movie? Movie that I've watched more times than any other. I mean, I've watched the Shawshank Redemption quite a bit in my lifetime. So that's probably up there. Um, my favorite movie, uh, which is a horror film, uh, would be, probably be the shining um but i don't think i've watched that one as much like shawshank's one of those films that's just like on tv and you kind of like have no choice but to watch it over and over again mm. when it's on so uh the shining though that is i've always pegged that as my favorite horror film of all time and probably just my favorite movie of all time i I find it very rewatchable and uh you know it's a long movie but to me it always flies by and it really kind of I'm always super into it while I'm watching it. Uh, you know, I could put it on as background, but then I go to do something and I feel like I'm missing parts. And, you know, it's one of those <laughs> movies where you already know what's happening, but you don't want to walk away from the screen. So, hmm? yeah, that I would pick that as my favorite. What do you like about The Shining? I mean, you've mentioned some little bits and pieces, but like emotionally speaking, what what jumps out to you from The Shining? One big thing is I think the score in that film is pretty fantastic. Uh, there could be nothing going on at all. And it just kind of like, it'll be like, and like, it's like nothing mm -hmm. really, ha but it's, it really kind of moves the film. I think if it didn't have that score, it might've came across as a little more slow, but I, it makes it suspenseful, even if nothing necessarily is happening. Um, I love Jack Nicholson in the movie. I don't care about the whole, like, oh, he was crazy from the beginning stuff that people will complain about. I, I just, you know, I don't care. I've never read the book, to be honest, so. But focusing on emotions, like for score, you mentioned suspense that I guess could be a, an emotion or tension. Um, what, like, what's the emotion related to Jack? Um, Insanity. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's not a fear, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not an emotion. emotion yeah um discontent yeah i guess fe i guess fear kind of is the thing because he just looks like he just looks crazy the whole film and you're just <laughs> like something's gonna happen and you feel bad for his family and you just know because you get the, you, for the other shoe to drop yeah because <laughs> you you get the few moments where he's like rude to his wife and kind of like snaps on her even though she is kind of annoying i probably would too um <laughs> but it's like you know and then the intensity where uh you know you get that scene where danny goes up to get his fire truck or something and his dad is awake in the bedroom and just kind of he they have that like awkward sort of moment where the dad's like oh i love this place and you know danny's just kind of like yeah yeah okay dad and it just, it, I guess, un discontent, uncomfort, and yeah, discomfort. Fear. Yeah, discomfort. A of, yeah, a lot of pregnant pauses and a lot of tension. And you're right, just the soundtrack alone with the stabs and just the out of nowhere off keys. Just yeah, it's Kubrick film, uh, man. It's good. Uh, yes, indeed. So, what do you like about Shawshank? Shawshank is just. Everything. 
Yeah. (laughs) I know that's another one where it's like, what do I even like about it? It's just, it's one of those ones that draws me in and you could, I don't know what makes a movie so rewatchable, but that film you can watch over and over. I think it's like the, I like films that are a big story that kind of go over a period of time. Like I really like Goodfellas too, where you have him younger and then you're just kind of watching him grow up and, all of his friends and all the bad stuff that happens and all the good stuff that happens. Uh, that's kind of Shawshank. You're watching this poor guy go through prison for years and years and, uh, you know, establish relationships with people. And uh, I love the whole, you know, voice Morgan Freeman, of course, is like narrating the film. So that's a good thing right there. Um, but great performances in that film as well. It's just, it's just a really good story. Good storyline. Let's let's go back to emotions again. What emotions do you feel when you're thinking about Shawshank? It's actually kind of a depressing movie when I think about it, because it's one where it's like you're just watching these people waste away in prison, and the idea of that does kind of, you know, bother me a good bit. Um, so it's, it's a little depressing, but at the same time, uh, there's different, like, not like comedic moments or anything, but just different quirks and stuff like with uh, Tim Robbins character and him, you know, the the part where he like turns up the music and stuff hmm. and he's being like, set, you know, trying to get one up on the guards and whatnot. And then, you know, the part where he gets like the three beers per person for them to do the roof. Like there's like some just small, like happy silver linings throughout the movie that I think balance it out pretty well. Um, so it's not like all depressing. It's kind of like, I don't know how to say it. It's kind of like just down the middle. Like it's not one that I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this because it's going to make me sad. I don't really feel that. Like I feel like the characters aren't. It's got some hope to it. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. It's yeah. Like there you em- go. Yeah. It's like an emotional buffet. You know, you have a, a little bit of everything. Uh huh. No, I can relate. I, when you said depression, I, that's that's the emotion I connect with that movie as well. It is a very depressing movie uh, yeah. from beginning to end. But yeah. like you say, there there are moments of hope in there too, which is, I think, what saves it and probably makes it. Yeah, and you do um, have a happy ending technically with that yeah. movie. See, what's an Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So, uh, do you, do you see any common threads about what kinds of horror you like? Cannibalism, occult, metaphysical. Uh, I t- and I didn't really talk about it too much, honestly, throughout this, but I I like movies that are kind of like character study things. Like I mentioned May. I like that film because uh, okay. it's kind of focused on this one girl as she she's really like awkward and quirky and she's, you know, you kind of see her like descend into what she becomes. I like Excision. That's another one that came out. Oh, like tw- so yeah. good. Everything Richard yeah. Bay Jr. does. Yeah, that is that is really good stuff. Um I'm trying to think of what else. Uh I this is more like a slap, but like Maniac, the original and the I remake. was gonna say when you mentioned yeah. character studies, that was the first thing that pops into my head. Was all right, really? well, Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I always think like that's like a slasher, but it's really kinda mm-hmm. it's like a mixture of both a little bit. Um little bit. so and Taxi Cab, another Taxi Yeah. Yeah. Or taxi driver. Taxi yeah, taxi. You know <laughs> yeah. I do like Taxi Driver. That's another one my dad actually showed me when I was uh, probably 13. Uh, that was in the So realm. what do you like about these character studies? I just like kind of diving into different people and seeing like what they have going on. Not just, 
you know, you see like a killer outside stabbing people. You don't see them at home having dinner or talking to themselves or anything like that. So I, like with May in particular, I really love that because she's like really awkward, lonely, kind of sad type of character. And she, you know, you kind of get to see her in her apartment just talking to her doll. And I just, I just love seeing that aspect because I think there's like some realis- realism to it. I think there are people in this world that unfortunately are like that. And I think we all do, you know, probably weird, weird stuff behind closed doors. And uh, I feel like a lot of these movies kind of show you stuff like that that's going on like in excision you got that girl she wants she just is mentally ill and wants to like have sex on her period and do all this weird stuff and she's like carving crosses and nurse it's just like she wants to save her sister too you know oh yeah 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 yeah. by killing some way or another yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah, just something, there's something disturbing about it. There's something realistic about it. And just, there, I just think it adds like an extra layer to films when you dive into the character, especially when it's like the villainous type of character. Yeah. Okay, so it gives some background to sort of flesh out what makes it disturbing. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, American Psycho, that's another good one. That's one that I mm-hmm. really enjoy too. I'm. It's curious to me that you, this has come up because I was thinking other things like um, we had talked about paranormal and um, what was the other thing that we mentioned? I know. I realized like I didn't even really talk about like the films. These are movies that I kind of got into again, like more in adulthood, like the character study type pieces. And I never really knew what to classify them as. And uh, then, you know, I started hearing people say that and I was like, Oh, okay. I guess that's, that's what I enjoy, but um, you know, slashers and stuff like that are comfort food to me. I think that's kind of how it is for a lot of people. Uh, those are ones that that would be like my other choice, just to sit back and watch a good slasher movie. Uh, you know, there's a lot that I, of course, have on repeat, like obviously the Friday the Thirteenth films and the Halloween films and Scream, all that fun stuff and then i always like to find new slashers that i had not seen like new to me uh they could be you know 80s or 2000s whatever but i always like to seek out different ones and discover something new that may or may not be a hidden gem right right the other common thread that i've been hearing and particularly once we got to the adult years you mentioned a couple things that really fit into this are slow burn and tension. Mm. Um, other, other words that are related to that, that came up were unnerved suspense and discontent. Mm. Um, but like just the, the concept of tension um, seemed to come up. And as I was scrolling back, I mean, I think that really goes all the way even back to what you said about Halloween. The first Halloween was, you know, the tension of Michael Myers always coming after you. Um, or coming after the whatever his target was, mm. um, and how it wasn't really necessarily a gory movie, or compared to today's stuff, but it was it was just that tension of I'm always coming to get you, and I'm wondering if there's something there that is like a trigger for you. Yeah, I think it's um that's definitely like a scary concept to me as well, and uh, yeah, like you said, uh, as we're getting into like the older times, it's like the slow burn tension film filled films uh i do enjoy those too now that you mention it i think it's because we've gotten so many 
so many newer ones throughout uh, these past few years, which I never really considered myself a slow burn fan. I always thought like, like in my head, it's like slow burn. That just sounds like boring and boring. Like it's not really a great (laughs) word. It's like slow burn. Like, do I really, uh, that's, I feel like that's a way to say like this movie's freaking takes forever to get going, but uh, well, it, it's two like two sides of the coin. It, it, it slow burn seems like the word that you would use to be derogatory towards it. Uh-huh. Tension would be the word that you would use to say, "I this is the thing I like about it." Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like a lot of movies I do like actually are kind of slow building. Like The Shining, for instance. That one, like I said, it's like two and a half hours, and right. you know, it kind of leads up to a big impactful ending type of thing. Um, so yeah, I definitely. But it's it's carrying the tension throughout, right? Yeah, what which gets you? Yeah, and you know, again, there are movies that you know where slow burn would be a bad thing if they're not carrying that tension. There are some movies where it's like just too dialogue heavy, but nothing is really meaningful or anything like that. So I think tension it definitely is. Tension. Yeah, it mm-hmm. lacks. Yeah, there's no about not nothing really carrying it. So. Yeah, I definitely, I guess I do like tension and I guess I am definitely fearful of the idea of something coming after me again. I mean, like the ring, that's even an example like that, that really creeped me out because it's like a, a spirit, a ghost um, coming after you. Or the lack, or the lack of escape. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, just, you know, you're kind of screwed either way. You could go hide in your closet, but they're still mm. going to find you. Powerless. Yep. Mm. It is freaky because it just feels, you know, I put myself in those shoes, like I keep saying. And I think that's what I like to do, like put myself like there and think, what the heck would I do? I don't right. know. And I w- that's where I was going to say next is that it that's a very common thing to be afraid of because you know i think everybody on some level has some amount of concern about what they would do in a powerless situation Mm -hmm. it it just sounds like in your case it seems to have really caught your attention maybe at just an early age and uh maybe there's uh maybe maybe we may not be able to dig deeper than that maybe it's just the fact that you you caught on to this tension as an exciting uh emotion or or feeling and and have just tried to seek that out mm-hmm. since then without you know being able to like i say dig any deeper than that which is fine there's no need to dig necessarily deeper than that for some people it, it, it is not any deeper than just i like the way this feels mm-hmm. yeah i think um and i do I have, like, I enjoy kind of thinking of, like, how would I get out of this situation? Like, it, you know, when you hear people getting kidnapped and stuff, I always think, like, oh, I might do this or that. But then at the same time, like, you always see these movies, you always have, like, the joke where people are like, no, don't do that. Don't run up the stairs. Don't go hide in the I would have done that better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then I start really thinking, I'm like, would I have done that? Because I think in real life, like when I'm scared in real life, like I, I'm the type that kind of doesn't handle like, you know, I kind of pause and then I think later like, oh, I should have did this in that situation, but I panic. Deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah. So I start thinking like, you know, 
I probably would have done all these all this dumb stuff, but at the same time, I'm always trying to think like, now here's what I should do because you're watching a movie and you're thinking you can actually see all the ways you could get out of a situation where you got to realize like the character is not really seeing that. But so I enjoy kind of thinking my way out of horrifying situations, even though in reality I probably wouldn't, <laughs> you know, would be screwed. But uh, so one of the last questions we like to ask here is why horror? Because aren't there other, any other number of genres that could put you in tense situations that you'd have to, uh, you know, try to think about? Yeah. I mean, you could say like, okay, I guess action movies, thrillers and such, which I do, you know, even I, dramas. Yeah. Drama. I mean, dramas can be tense too. Yeah. I guess horror just adds that extra element of the fear and the fear adds excite a level of excitement to me and i know people that don't like horror are just ones who don't like to be scared or fearful which that's okay i completely understand but to me it's like being scared is has always had that level of excitement and there's just like that extra amp amping up where in action movies uh you know some i've observed i never really feel severe danger from for characters because you're just like oh that's like the hero character they're probably hmm. definitely going to get out of the situation even though it's ridiculous and very unrealistic but it's like mm -hmm. okay they jump off a skyscraper and then an airplane swoops down and gets them last minute type of thing like that stuff just is very uh generic to me and it just never really uh meshed with me well but you know it's it really is just a matter of opinion because people will say that about horror movies too. They'll make fun yeah. of it and be like, oh, they're all the same films. Like all the, maybe, you know, all just the subgenres are the same. Like all the paranormal films are the same. They all have jump scares. All it's kind of like music. There's certain genres that speak to me and some Right. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just can't, that's what makes people so unique. I always think it's so weird. Like how we all kind of end up with our own tastes and I'm just like, why is that? But uh, that's why we do this show. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah. Horror just uh, is exciting because of the fear. And like I said, comedy would be my, my second choice. Cause I like to laugh, but even comedy though, like a lot of comedies kind of, you watch them once and you laugh out loud, then you watch them again and they kind of lose that charm. So yeah. horror for me is very rewatchable. You mentioned liking funny things too. And I was thinking, you know, how does that fit in? And I think that'd be the release of the tension. Yeah. definitely. like a comedy, you know, if there ever was a time where I would get too scared as a kid or something in particular, you know, you kind of run to a comedy TV show or something after watching a scary movie to yeah, kind of balance cleanser. out your fear. Yeah. You're like, okay. Well, what I mean is in order to be a comedian, you, there's the joke that has the setup and then the punchline and the setup usually involves some sort of tension. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's where the, the punchline comes in is because you're expecting this other, this one thing uh -huh. and then you get something else. Mm-hmm. But the expectant expecting of that one thing, there's a tension there. Like, I, okay, I've built this up. Now I'm expecting and then redirect. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That definitely makes sense. So considering the theme of the podcast, uh, is there anything else that you know about yourself that uh, makes sense or, or 
you know, fits into this topic that we haven't talked about, or is there anything that came up in your mind during the call that, you know, we didn't end up getting to speak about? Um, you know, just, uh, I, you know, horror has become a huge part of my life, especially into adulthood. Like it's always been there lingering, but, uh, I think it's just, you know, getting to talk with all these different people like you guys, for instance, I mean, you know, I've never chatted with you before, but now here we are. Um, mm -hmm. it's, I just, I love that stuff. It really helps me any, if I'm having a bad day or something, you know, you always just kind of have this, uh, camaraderie of people that have the same hobbies as you and, uh, collecting horror movies is a big hobby of mine. I love going out and to Goodwills and different thrift stores and finding new films. Uh, that's kind of a big thing for me. So, you know, if uh, this is just, uh, it's really just become kind of a way of life for me and I embrace it fully and have a lot of fun with it. And I think, I don't, I literally don't know what I'd be doing right now if I hadn't, you know, gotten into <laughs> podcasts and horror films. And Like, I have no idea. I'd probably be pretty boring. So, <laughs> Yeah, or just watching more films with your spending more time watching films. Yeah, I get yeah, <laughs> just yeah, I guess just sitting on the couch and loafing away. So yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm just trying to say like horror movies are great and the horror community mm -hmm. is great. They're all nice people and uh, I love I just love being part of this world. So well, thank you for spending some of your Sunday evening with us or afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. This is this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it has been. We've enjoyed it too. Well, uh, like we said, we'll put together a bio page and link to whatever it is that you want to uh, link to. I think you said the two main things that you were working on were your um, Slumber Party Massacre podcast and was it the His and Hers podcast? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Anything else you want to pitch on the way out? Um, I don't really have. No, I'm pretty boring right now. I don't really have anything. <laughs> I don't really have anything coming out uh, in recent times. Oh, so. well, you did mention the act acting. You were doing some acting, but I guess you can't talk about that yet. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Like I, uh, you know, like I said, I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to be in a movie called Bathtub Shark Attack. So <laughs> okay. that's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to be for all those people who were uh, traumatized by Jaws. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to be in something called Shingles, the movie, which is like a anthology um, film, and I just have like a really small cutaway part in that but it's also cool because uh rebecca reinhardt obviously yeah i think she mentioned that too yep she's gonna also she also has a small role in that but we mm -hmm. were not at the same time like we're not, you know what i mean like yeah. so mm -hmm. but we're gonna be in different scenes but i think that's pretty cool that we'll both be in the same flick but you know obviously these movies haven't fit like they don't exist yet <laughs> like we haven't actually mm -hmm. uh but they, they've like started In filming, progress. but they're not yeah, yeah made yet. So more, more to come once uh, stuff starts kind of kicking off there, but yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. That's something I just started getting into as of last year. And I hope to continue with. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, if anybody wants more information on that, like I said, we can uh, link to that on your bio page and then they can come to you for more information. All right. So we're going to say thank you to anybody out there listening. Uh, again, please do come visit us Visit us at horrormakesushappy.com. Um, you can visit Carly's uh, bio page there on our episodes page. You can hit us up on social media. Let us know how we're doing. Um, share this with anybody that you know if you think we're doing a good job. Let us know. Thanks. Thanks.